When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was flying to Kuala Lumpur, oh, back around 1990. And I, uh, I like playing with words and numbers when I'm on a plane. And, and I'm, I'm not a good flying partner. If you sat beside me, you'd probably think I didn't have any social intelligence at all because that's my time. And so I sit there and I write words and I write numbers. And I remember I wrote the word commission one time and all I could see coming off the page was mission. And I made a program called the Mission in Commission. And there is a people that all are in the big commissions. They're involved in the mission. They're not involved in the commission. And it's a paradox, you see. Yeah, because they're not doing what they're doing for money, and yet they wouldn't do it if they weren't being paid. Yes, it's, it's real paradoxical. You could get your head all messed up if you play with it long enough. But I sat down, and I wrote a one and six zeros. And I took a look at it, and I thought, a million. You know, we've written songs about a million. We'll say, what would you do if you won a million? Oh, I don't know what I do. You know, we, we have all these little games that we play. Line up for blocks. I saw, I saw a sign coming in here, just driving into town that, where they had a big sign up. There was a million in the background, and there was 31 million or 390 million or something in a lottery, you know? And there'd be all kinds of people looking at it and think, oh, would that be nice, you know? Well, anybody can do this. And I got thinking about the people that I knew had earned a million. Hell, I earned a million, and I didn't even know what I was doing. You don't have to be very bright to earn money. And, and the, there's enough evidence around to prove that. There's all kinds of people that are functionally illiterate. They can neither read nor write. They're multimillionaires. Yeah, there's people walking the street who are absolutely brilliant, and they're broke. Think about it. That's got nothing to do with being intelligent. It has nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with geography. It has nothing to do with working hard. I did a TV show with Robin Leach a number of years ago. He's probably interviewed more wealthy people than anyone alive. He told me the wealthiest people he knows, he's never seen them work. Now you could be sitting here thinking, well, what the hell do they do? You know? I mean, that sort of scrambles our head. Because we've been trained, you've got to go to work. Well, here, here's another one. This, this is, you know, like the three questions. This is another one that you want to burn into your mind. This is something most people don't know. They don't teach this in Harvard. They don't teach it at Wharton. They don't teach it at Eton or Stanford. This, hardly anybody understands this. It is, and, and I understand it. So, I mean, it's not too difficult to learn. There's three strategies for earning money. I refer to it as M1, M2, and M3. Yet when I started to explain this to Linda, her head was because it's so obvious. Now, if you're going to teach your kids anything, and understand this, which you don't fix, they'll inherit. If you're going to teach, teach them how to earn money, because if they're not earning any, they're going to have a bad life. People that don't earn money raise skinny kids. I mean, it's just not a good way to live. You know, it really isn't. Now, M1 is used by the masses, but M3 is the one you want to teach the kids. See, M1 is used by 96 people out of every 100. Yet, is without question the worst way in the world to earn money. It's working, that's right. It's trading time for money. Now, if you have any money later on in life, 
by following this strategy, it's at the expense of a life. You have been earning a bit and you've been squirreling some of it away, but it's at the expense of the car you want. You never drive the car you want. People, most people look at a car and they think, oh, oh and I ever like to have that. And while they're thinking the way they can't have it, somebody else is thinking to buy the whole dealership. You see? Yeah, they're using the same mental faculty and they're drawing on the same thought power. This is a terrible concept. Trading time for money. You will never get ahead of the game doing it. M2 is a good strategy, but it's only used by three people out of 100. That's where we invest money to earn money, which is the probable reason why there's only three people out of 100 using it. Investing money to earn money. Now, some people are very good at investing money. They do very well. Most people are not. The ones that are doing it, the, the, the ones that win at it are in the minority. Now, this is the one I stumbled on way back in the early 60s. Had no idea what I was doing. No idea. But it happened. I moved from M1 to M3 just woo, like that. It took me nine years to figure out what I was doing. Did not understand, and yet you see that 1% earn 96% of all the money that's being earned. Now this group here, they multiply their time by setting up multiple sources of income. They don't have one source of income, they got lots of sources of income. And you think, but well, how do you get to that point? You, do, you get there by deciding that's where you're going. I mean, how are you going to get home? Are you going to walk out of this theater and say, God, I don't, I don't know what to do? Well, you're either going to go home or go to your office, go somewhere, but you know where you're going to go. And that's how you're going to get there. You're going to think, am I going to walk? Well, I don't think I'll walk while I drive while my car's here. I probably should take it with me, you know. And, and this is all, it's a process that you do, it's all automatic. This is a process that's automatic. You see, if you can earn a hundred, you can earn a million because you're following a basic principle. You see? It's, it's just a basic principle. Once you learn the basic principle, you're going to follow it. Now look at this for a moment. Your PSI is your psychic source of income. Your psychic source of income. This works for everybody all over the world. See, we should have a psychic. That's what we work at. We wake up in the morning and we start doing what we absolutely love to do. I always find it amusing that I can be so well paid doing what I love. I love doing this. I absolutely love it. Yet, and, and I earn ridiculous sums of money for doing it. But I'm doing what I really love to do. That's what we should do. We should all do what we love. It's a psychic source of income. We can earn all the money we want. We can stay healthy. We don't need to react. See, if you do something, I react to it. You're in charge of me. The second you react to situations or circumstance or other people, they're in charge of you. So here you are, the only life you got, and it's a relatively short one, you know, and, and we're putting other people and things in charge of us. We're bouncing around. Our head is like a ping pong ball. That's the way many people live. It's no wonder their body's breaking down. This damn thing is in such a chaotic vibration. It has to break down. It's just a mass of molecules, and you should keep it in the right vibration. To improve your performance, you have to follow the ancient advice, know thyself. Ray Stanford asked me, he said, do you know who you are? I said, do I know who I am? Yeah, I know who I am. I'm Bob. No, he said, that's who you think you are. That's not who you are. He said, Bob and Proctor are just two words. That's your name, but it's not you. I said, what? Well, he said, you're not your name. I'm not my name. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? I'm not my name. Okay. I said, well, this is me. No, he said, that's your body. You've never heard anybody work phone into work and say body's not coming in today it's sick you never heard anyone say am hand or am leg we say my hand my leg my name my body 
These are all things we have. He said, your results. Now, I knew I was in trouble. I was 26. I was unhappy. I was sick. I was broken. I just found out I was lost. I didn't even know who I was. You see? Well, if you're going to know yourself, if it's, you know, if you're going to change your life, you've got to change yourself. If you're going to change self, you have to know who self is. Now, think of this for a moment. You and I have infinite potential. Now, I said before, I don't know how much infinite is. I just know it's a lot. It has no beginning and no end. That's, that's the potential we've got. We've got all of this power. Yet, if you watch the way most people live, you would think that they were just about out of juice. A lot of people, when their heart stops beating, it's going to be a formality. I mean, they just, they just sort of sit. They never really get it going. Yet, we have infinite potential. We're dealing with something pretty big. If we're going to find out something about ourselves, we have to look at this and say, this is over my head. No, it's not. I teach this to kids. I got it. This all tied into the science of getting rich. Rich resources are lying dormant within us. Andrew Carnegie told Napoleon Hill, he said, any idea that's held in the mind, that's emphasized, that's either feared or revered, will begin at once to clothe itself in the most convenient and appropriate physical form that's available. You see, Dr. J.B. Ryan said, the mind is the greatest power in all of creation. Very few people understand it. If you go on our website, you just go to bobproctor.com, you'll see a quote there by Dr. John Mike, a psychiatrist from Florida. He said, I taught him more about the mind in one year than he'd learned in four years of medical school, five years of psychiatric training. And what I taught him was just what a Dr. Roter taught me. I was always amazed by that. I thought, what do they teach you in medical school? You know, and, and what we're doing is getting in at the non-physical side of ourselves, and that's where all the power lies. It's a beautiful concept as we start to understand it. What do we need? We need understanding. You really want to change your income, you've got to change your understanding. Now, there's only two things you have to know to really make things happen big in your life. Number one, you have to know where you are. And number two, you have to know where you're going. Now, you see, most programs get you focused on where you're going. That's very important that we have a goal. You've got to know where you're going. But what happened to me that was totally different is Ray Stanford got me to focus first on where I was. He got me to look at what I was doing with my life, got me to take responsibility. He said, your results aren't bad and they're not good, they're just, just results. Nothing's bad or good except our thinking makes it so. He said, you have to ask yourself, are those the results you want? And I said, no. Well, he said, if you will pay attention and you'll do what I suggest, I can show you how to change it. You see? And my whole life started to change. Most people get us focused on the goal. If we don't know where we're at, we're not going to... Let's suppose we all bail out of a plane and safely land somewhere on the planet. Our objective is to get to this room. Now, we know where this theater is. We know where this room is. Our problem is we don't know where we are. Now, let's say it's overcast. We'll build a ridiculous situation. It's overcast. And there's um, no street signs. There's no wind, uh, there's no compass, there's no map, there's no people. But we know we're on the north. I mean, we could be in uh, Milwaukee heading towards the Canadian border. We could be in Los Angeles heading towards uh, Tijuana. You could be in Atlanta heading towards uh, Miami. 
We could be right outside this theater and walk away from it. If we don't know where we are, it won't matter where you're going. So you see, we've got to take a good, honest look at ourselves. What am I doing? What works? What doesn't? Who am I? And as we really get a grip on this, everything in our world will begin to change. You see, what we're seeking always is greater awareness. We're always wanting to raise our level of, a level of awareness because our results are an expression of our level of awareness. And the only way to improve results is to increase our level of awareness, all right? Now, effective goals inspire us to move to increasingly higher levels of awareness. Now here, yes, what you'll find that people say they want. They want greater health, happiness, peace of mind. All these results are the, are the result of a higher level of awareness. So it's awareness that we should be seeking. We want to raise this and everything else starts to happen. It happens like unadulterated magic. That's what happened to me and I couldn't understand it. Now there's a basic law that said everything in life is either growing or dying. It's either create or disintegrate. So you're never going to stay where you are. Your results are going to get better or they're going to get worse. It's create or disintegrate. No one stays where they are. Now the truth is, I think most people get a little better and a little worse, a little better and a little worse. When they get a little better, they're forcing it. But force negates. You see, there's something inside of you that's urging you to grow. This is the spiritual side of our personality. It's the essence of our being. And spirit's always for expansion and fuller expression. There's something in you that wants you to grow. If you run, you want to run faster. If you jump, you want to jump higher. If you sell, you want to sell more. This is good. It causes dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction is a creative state. My grandmother pretty well raised me and she taught me that I should be satisfied with what I've got. Grandma was wrong. I should be happy with what I've got, but never satisfied. It's dissatisfaction that gave us the incandescent light. It's dissatisfaction that gave us air travel. It's dissatisfaction that gave us the internet. All those things were always here. People just became aware of them. The way to fly an airplane was always here. We can go all over the world now. We're not a long ways from anywhere. We're only a short period of time away. Well, there's something inside wanting us to grow. There's something else that's trying to stop us. And that's the old paradigm. Now, you've got the one side that wants you to grow and the other side that doesn't want you to grow. The old paradigm does not want you to grow. Anyone that has smoked and quits, I used to smoke. I quit years ago. But I remember it wasn't an easy thing to do. It was not, why? Because it was a habit. Habits are not easy to get rid of. Habits are ideas that are fixed in here that control us. Many of you have gone on diets. You want to lose weight. I'll just toss something in for your benefit. When you lose something, you're programmed to do what? To look for it. Get rid of the idea of losing weight. Release it. Release it. See yourself at your perfect weight, looking good and feeling great. Your whole life is controlled by images. Get the image of the body that you want to live in, of the world you want. Quit trying to lose weight. Just release it and see yourself the way you want to be. Now, goals determine which side wins. The goal must be something you really want. Each time we move to a higher level, the results improve. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. And that's the way life should work, and it can work. 
Now, you and I think in pictures. We think in pictures. Okay? You don't think B-O-A-T. You don't think G-E-A-R. You don't think F-E-A-T-H or B-I-R-D. You think in pictures. You think in pictures. Now, it's the mind we're talking about. I want you to tell me what your mind looks like. What's your refrigerator look like, John? What color is it? White. Two doors? Top and bottom? Which way do they open? The right to the left or left to the right? Left to right. Now, you were mentally in your kitchen looking at your refrigerator, weren't you? What's your car look like? White? You like white, dude. <laughs> what's, what's the interior? Charcoal gray. Charcoal gray. Two door, four door? Five doors. Okay. You've got the picture of that in here, haven't you? Tell me what your mind looks like. Gray mush. <laughs> now you're doing what probably a lot of people are doing. How many saw the brain when I asked you to think of the mind? Hold up your hand if you did. See, there's a whole lot of people doing the same thing. But your brain is not your mind, John. And your brain is not your mind. Your brain is an electronic switching station. That enables you, by using certain cells in your brain, to alter the vibration that this body's in. The brain is an electronic switching station. No one has ever seen the mind, and that is why most people have such great problems. Because we think in picture. Now, when there's no picture, John, there's confusion. If there's confusion inside, you can make book on the fact there's going to be confusion outside. As we bring the picture to our mind, we bring order to our mind. What did Solomon say? Where there is no vision, the people will perish. Where there's no vision, there's no order. Where there's no order, there's no growth. And that is what changed my life as much as anything. As I started to see how to work with my conscious and subconscious. Do you know certain things about your subconscious mind? Because you've read about them, you've heard about them, you listen to it on tape. But without a picture, it's just words. You see, when I asked you to think of your car, John, I activated vocal cords, I made a sound, it's called language or words, it was actually a light message. Your hearing sense picked up that light message. It was rifle fired down a nerve passageway in your body. It struck a group of cells in your brain that that sound resonated with, all electrical. Those cells increased in amplitude of vibration and the picture that was in them flashed on the screen of the mind and you saw the white car in the charcoal gray interior. When I asked you to think of your refrigerator, light message struck those cells in your brain, picture come on the screen of the mind. When I asked you to think of your mind, you saw your brain. And yet your brain is in your mind. Your brain is in your fingernail. It's in your kneecap. And you know something? You'll never enjoy health if you don't really be able, if you're not able to get a picture of the mind. You'll never enjoy health. Because good health is when a body is in a good vibration. It vibrates in harmony with God's laws. Most doctors do not understand this. We have taught this to a lot of doctors and it changes their practice like night and day. It'll change your communications. If you're in sales and you don't understand the law, you're on a hit and miss basis and it'll probably be more miss than hit. When you understand the law of vibration, you're going to understand that you're transmitting through the medium of the molecule pictures into the other person's mind. And you want to put pictures in their mind that are favorable to them if you want them to be favorable to you. About thinking in pictures. If you're going to rearrange the furniture in your room, you get the picture of where you want things and then you move the furniture there. Everything we do, 
We do it in our mind first. When we don't have a picture, we have confusion. If you try and get two pictures in your mind at the same time, you're in a confused state. So when we start thinking about ourselves and we realize we're spiritual beings, we live in a physical body, we have an intellect, that becomes a bit of a problem. How do you see that? How do you get all that? And it becomes too confusing, so we stop thinking about it. Now, this is what I call a magical graphic. This is the genie. This picture, or this drawing, was made by a Dr. Thurman Fleet in San Antonio, Texas, back around 1934. He realized, if we take this back a bit, that most of the healing arts dealt with the physical. If you're treating the physical, you're treating a symptom. You're not treating the cause of the problem. A lot of people are into holistic healing today. That's heal the whole person. And he knew that they had to be healed spiritually, intellectually, and physically. And he knew that there was a problem because of thinking in pictures. And that's when he came up with this concept of the mind. Now, when this was first explained to me, uh, it took me a while to really grasp it because I was getting it confused, different things. So if you look on the inside of the sheet that we give you, uh, you'll see uh, the drawing there and we'll fill in some of the blanks for you. I let this drawing represent me. If I think of me, I think of this drawing. If I think of the drawing, I think of me. I see my head as my mind and everything else, the neck down from the body. Now I'm well aware that that's not the way the mind is. Mind is movement, body's the manifestation of that movement. But since we think in pictures, this is an excellent one. I see the top half of my head as my conscious mind. The bottom half is the subconscious and of course the body's the body. Now, it's the mind that controls the body. The body is like a dumb terminal. It will do whatever the mind tells it to do. It can only do what the mind tells it to do. When there's something wrong in the body, you can rest assured there's something wrong in the mind. When you see a rash break out in the body and we say it's an allergy, you know that there's a problem in the subconscious mind that's expressing itself, all right? It's a fixed concept and it can be altered. I always say dermatology is the best form of medicine to go into because your patient rarely dies and they never get better. All right, so you just, you just keep saying, try this and come on back uh, for more. Now, the conscious mind is your thinking mind. This is the part of you that you have the ability to think with. Your subconscious is your emotional mind. Your emotions are controlled by the thoughts that you entertain. You choose your thoughts and you think in pictures, you impress the thought upon your subconscious, and that causes you to feel the way you feel. Now, actually, the feeling is conscious awareness of vibration that the body's in. Because whatever is impressed upon the subconscious controls the vibratory rate of the body. The body moves into action, and your actions produce your results. Now, you see, it's the results that most people are trying to change. The results are something outside of us. Now, what we're talking about is the mind, all right? Now, James Allen said, until thought is linked with purpose, there's no intelligent accomplishment. 
Just the information isn't going to do it. You've got to have a purpose. You've got to have a purpose that is so big, so all-encompassing. That's why you get up in the morning. That's why you go to work. Now, your vision is how you're going to execute your purpose, and your goal is how you're going to execute your vision. And we'll say, there is the mind, and we'll break it into two parts. Now, this is where it starts getting interesting. I uh, was looking for this book, and I had left it on a chair over here. If you're sitting on that, you've got some great energy flowing through, I'm going to tell you. Now, I have been carrying this copy with me since 1963. You can see I've had it for a while. Now, in here, he said that an educated person is not necessarily a person with an abundance of general or specialized knowledge. An educated person is a person who has so developed the faculties of their mind that they can acquire anything they want or its equivalent without violating the rights of others. How many of you know what the faculties of your mind are? Let me see a show of hands. One, two, isn't this amazing? Hardly anybody knows what they are. How many people have a perfect memory? Just me? <laughs> How many people like to have a perfect memory? Now, you see, I want you to just to look around. The audience is from different walks of life, different ages, different gender, and, uh, and yet nobody had their hand up for perfect memory. Do you know that every one of us has a perfect memory? Do you know I could teach you how to memorize this book? There is no such thing as a bad memory. There's only weak memories. Memory is an intellectual factor. And you develop your memory the same as you develop your body through exercise. If I put this arm in a sling and left it there, I think you know in a relatively short period of time, it would be rendered useless. If at the same time I was lifting weights with this arm, I'd have big powerful muscles here. Now it's fairly obvious I haven't done either of these things, but if I had, you, you know exactly what would happen. It's the same with our mind. What happens? People going around, I got such a rotten memory. You don't have a rotten memory at all, you have a perfect memory. Where did you get the idea you had a bad memory? Well, when you were a little kid, you heard your parents say, I got a bad memory. What do you do? I got a bad memory. You just mimic them. There's no such thing as a bad memory. You have many marvelous mental faculties. And he said, an educated person is not necessarily a person with an abundance of general or specialized knowledge. An educated person is a person who has so developed the faculties of their mind that they can acquire anything they want or its equivalent without violating the rights of others. Now we think, oh, we can't have anything we want. Oh, yes, you can. Every religion teaches you that. All science teaches you that word. You get the idea that you can't. Well, you probably got it from your next door neighbor who probably doesn't know much than, more than his next door neighbor. 